Good morning. I am Cindy Vonna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word studios that is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration reminding you that we will be streaming live at klgo.net and that you can also catch up with Evelyn and I at www.lovetalknetwork, all one word, dot com. And in the studio with me, big drum roll is the first lady of love. Yes, let's, let's clap for each clap other. Clap for each other, Cindy. Man, we better clap for each other because I don't know who else will. Oh, yes, honey. We have got more fans out there than you would ever, ever dream of. You know, it's interesting. We're going to be talking about some good news today and uh, how it is that we can live out a life that does exemplify the love of the Lord Jesus. Uh, it is interesting as I'm about and you're about how it is that God brings to us those encouragers that say, keep on, honey, keep on. I know, you know, your birthday's this week, and I know you're 81 years old, but keep on, don't quit, because um, it, you make a life fun for us. And, and we try to do that here on Saturday, Sunday. We're not so dense and so deep that people Well, we're can... pretty dense. No, we're not. <laughs> but I don't mean as in deep, but we're pretty dense as in... Uh... Well, we have what one goal... Thinking? One goal, and that is to share the good news of Jesus Christ That's right. and through the love gate. It has to be the gate of love that we come to him. He came to us through the gate of love, Cindy. I think we also would love to just, uh, you know, I must be a Cindy Lauper fan. You know, girls just oh, really? want to have fun. But I always want to tell people that, for the most part, if we can put our our uh, joy suits on uh-huh. for the journey that, you know, I want people to lighten up. That's one of the things that you've taught me over the years oh, is that because well, I've had that tendency to be heavy duty uh-huh. and wear things heavy. And uh, sometimes it just, even when the heaviness is around you, if you can see it, even with those rose-colored glasses, mm-hmm. but you see Christ for who he is, then I think it can lighten that load. Well, it is interesting that, you know, so many of our fans are guys, which is so funny for us. You know, uh, we I hear, really, from more men than I do women. And I think it's because I'm safe <laughs> when you get into the senior citizen, uh, senior season of life. Well, don't we People, love this age we're coming into, right? Yeah. Right, this week I uh, had a... Uh, an email from a very professional man in the city that has helped us a lot with National Day of Prayer. And we're going to be talking about that today. And um, he just, uh, the words were so encouraging. And, uh, and basically what he said, Ellen, you are simple enough that I can understand you. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, you know, that does encourage us because, you know, one of, I say, you know, here, that's a bad word. One of the things... No, you're just a valley girl. Yes. One of the things that's so important in communication, Cindy, is to reach into that area that is seeking and searching. And that's what Jesus Christ did when he came and paid that price of love for us. So we're going to be talking about good news today. The the new Good News Journal is out for uh, for, uh, this month. It is for... Uh, April, for March and April, and it's the Easter issue. But it's also Texas. You know, yesterday was a really big I day. I know. I want to tell you, I had to finally, I was uh, 
doing FaceTime. Now, you know, I've got this iPad that I'm completely yeah. addicted yeah. to. Now, I, y'all out there, you can pray for me for deliverance because, you know, I'm not a real true techie. Like when I'm, you know, I belly up to that computer all day, most days, mm-hmm. but it just represents work. But when I get on that iPad, I'm just, I'm just chilling, you know, yeah, loosey-goosey, huh? a little bit. And so I was like, who am I going to have FaceTime with uh, to talk about the the holiday I love best, which is Texas Independence Texas Day. Day? Now, I love Easter. Easter's mm-hmm. my favorite, and Christmas my next favorite, and Thanksgiving <clears throat> my next favorite. But even over Fourth of July, I love Texas Independence Day, yes. and so I was trying to figure out, you know, what were we gonna, you know, were we having barbecue, you know, what were we gonna <laughs> do to celebrate? And anyway, I missed the parade, but yes, and you know, I was I was checking that out, and I was like, you know, really, being a Texan is just a state of mind. It, it is, is a state of being and a state of mind. Now. You know, some people think that the state of mind is that we're just obnoxious. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Over Like if you go to California or you go to Colorado or Florida, those places, they're just like, you guys. I mean, you're, you're you, overbearing. That's right. Yes. But, but anyway, it is one of the things that I find fascinating about the March 2nd, the Independence Day, where uh, from Mexico is basically that – uh, these guys, you know, at the mm-hmm. Washington on the on the Brazos declared their independence, and what we retained in our Constitution, we're the only state in the Union that is sovereign. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you and I come on the air every week, and we talk about the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. And so this is not a subject upon which I choose to brag overly as a Texan. Because yes, we have to be careful. That's right, because, you know, we never want Texas to be so independent, to be the lone star, or to be so prideful of our sovereignty that we are a people group that steps out of the will of God, mm-hmm. is, is flies in the face of will of God. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are aspects of what has come into our history. Oh, it's awesome. That you, I mean, you don't go very far in that Bob Bullock Museum before you see those mud huts mm-hmm. and you realize what our forefathers came for. And I'm one of those original Texicans. Mm-hmm. You know, they came and they lived in those mud hot huts. They were in the original land grants. And so when I look at that, it, it touches a place in my heart that causes me to feel like it is important that I stand on the shoulders of giants. Yes. And it is important to never forget yes. where we come from. Well, it's easy sometimes to uh, discount uh, our heritage or the legacy we have seen. And Every time I go see my brother and cut and shoot, I'm reminded, you know, I didn't, we didn't grow up in a mud hut. We had log cabins. Mm -hmm. My grandparents actually had a log cabin that was two sections of houses, the living area and then the kitchen and the preparation area. And there was a bridge in between. And those were the kind, those were called shotgun houses or something. But those houses represented something. It represented 
uh, a people who were willing to dig deep into the ground that God had created to raise up not only their various source for living, but to raise up real children and real families that would honor God. And so, you know, when we are here on now in this digital world, you're talking about your iPod, it's different for us because we forget so often how hard it was for our ancestors when they came. And when, when we look at, at Texas Independence Day, it is a celebration of that because, you know, over in Nacogdoches, Lafayette, where we came from, that's the oldest city in the nation, it in St. Augustine, I mean, in the, in the state of Texas, it in St. Augustine. So we were reared in a history of not just independence, but dependence on God. Well, you're right. And so as we look forward to the time when the nation will come together in prayer, as we look forward to May the third this year, the 61st annual observance of NDP, I think that the, there are the times that we are called to reflection, not just to be prideful mm-hmm. for the sake of, of a personality defect or a, a personality brand, but it, it is a time to, be, to reflect upon where we've been and upon the costs that have been paid upon those that were able to persevere. Sometimes it just amazes me that that anyone lived as we crossed the Mississippi as this country went from border to border. It amazes me that really that people uh, lived that could persevere through this when you look at the conditions upon which they live. And we know that prayer was a huge part, and God was a deep part of people's lives as they were dependent upon him truly for their daily bread, truly for their provision, truly for their protection, and understood so clearly in him they found perfection. Well, that is so true, Cindy, and we are talking about the perfect one, but we, um, as we look at where we are in, in America today, I especially here as we're going into this 40 days or in the 40 days of pray and prayer, you cut a spot for for the word, and I cut one this morning. Mine was about America. We need to be really conscious of how how we connect not only with the Lord Jesus in, as we pray, but with those people that surround us that are looking for the answers to the issues of life. And so as we are talking uh, East Saturday, we're talking about, we started out with the promised one. We went from the promised one to the present one. And now we're talking about the perfect one, Jesus Christ. We will never be perfect. America will never be perfect. But we have a goal. We have an idea. We have an icon of whom we can pattern our lives after. And so there are exciting things happening. There is good news going on. Uh, we There's so much that's happened this last week or two with you and I. We're going to talk a little bit about that uh, in a few minutes. Just what has happened in the state of Texas is we have come to realize the importance of our coming together, not only just to pray, but to get out of the prayer closets and get on active duty and deal with some of the issues that our leaders are struggling with today as we prepare for this great election that's coming. We had an opportunity to be at the Capitol to come together for the Texas Prayer Task Force leadership gathering with uh, prayer coordinators from around the state 
And, oh, did we just have a blast or what? Now, you know, I'm very fond of that pink building that sits Mm -hmm. down there at Congress in that whole 15th to 11th Street area. And and I have not always been particularly fond of that building. I spent a lot of rough days down in Mm -hmm. that building in my early Years, you know, I had, had, uh, whenever there was an emergency in Texas, whether it was a weather emergency, off that's where the original FEMA task force right. took place, the governor's task force. You know, that was where when things got tough in the state, and oftentimes if you were there in there, it was because there were hearings or policy or budget issues mm-hmm. or. <laughs> Lord only knows what. But anyway, we had a blast, and we're going to come back. We're going to take our break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about what it is to be at home in the house that God built. morning, I am Cindy Bonna. Love talking in the studios. The beautiful word, KLGO 99.3, Information with inspiration. Streaming live at klgo.net. Also, you can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. <coughs> Evelyn, we were on our introduction. And before we go too far, because you have so many friends out there, I want to just say, because I won't, well, I am going to come see you, but for our listeners, they might not know it's getting ready to be your birthday. It's not only Texas Independence Day, <laughs> but it's Evelyn Dependence Day, her birthday coming up, and I just want to say happy birthday well, to you, you on you air. I give thanks to God for you every single day. Oh, you're so sweet. I will sweet. tell you, I just go to God and just, he's got to be frustrated with me because I just tell him every day, you know. She just got to hold on to that little lady. <laughs> well, you know, Cindy, it is interesting as you look at your life uh, and you look back and knowing, you know, the great influence that you had at the state capitol uh, in your working years, uh, you know, in that corporate world. Uh, that was not part of my experience. Mine has been, you know, working in the in the barrios, I guess, of life down in the, you know, in the lower areas. What? Although, you know, Ever? I, well, you know, in the early years, I was a corporate uh, employee, but our lives are just so governed and directed and blessed by God that every day is a gift from Him. Every day. I have this little thing when I go in stores, if somebody's really nice to me and I check out or something, or if they're having a sad day, I'll say I know what you're going to say. What is it I say? Oh, your grandma will be proud of you today. (laughs) I've heard her. 
Yeah, we've been on airplanes mm-hmm. where the, she uses that, boy, she used that little Texas wow yeah. and wake. And what does it normally do? It they, normally wakes them up. It you does. Know. Their it, eyes get real big. And some of us say, oh, I know my grandmother's proud of me. Oh, I wish my grandmother's proud of me. Uh-huh. But it is a way of saying thank you in a different way that they remember. And so as we go through life, you know, we talk about, you know, what it is to be at home uh, in a house God's built. That's what my body is. That's what my life is. That's what your life is, Cindy. It's not the dwelling place. Uh, I mean, it's not a house built of stone or, or whatever, but it's it's the heart because the mother's heart is the heart of the home. And, I, you know, as we have listeners, and we said earlier about men, but we have a lot of ladies that, that listen to us very faithfully who are home struggling with small children. Uh, who have teenagers that are just pushing them to the limit. We recognize all of that. And and as we would say today to you, you know, it doesn't have to be your birthday for us to say thank you for what you do in this state of Texas. But just keep doing what it is that God's called you to do. He will bless the long Mm -hmm. run. Mm -hmm. He blesses the long run. He blesses the house that he's built. Well, let's talk about that for a little bit because uh, we are going to be having resuming our conversation about the perfect one we're going to review some material because you and i've been away from each other for a little while and we've been we've been out in the field out in the barrios the mm-hmm. highways and byways as you call them of, of texas and when i made that statement going out on last last break about what it is to be in the house that god built i was at that moment talking both about what God is doing inside the hearts of those in the capital mm-hmm. and in the capital itself. And you'd right. mentioned on break that so often people will look at Austin and it's like, I don't want to, you know, why would I want to go down there and be in the capital? Mm-hmm. You know, those people, they don't know what they're doing down right. there. And and I don't want them to rule over me. They're, that, there's that Texas right. independent spirit. But the truth of the matter is, is that nothing is perfect in sense of how you and I work things out or how man works things out. And certainly we've, we've seen that with regard to government, a, hor- a really dire trend in our government the last many years. And yet you and I both know that the Lord has done something uh, really precious in our Capitol building. Absolutely, Cindy. Where prayer is honored where praise is accepted, where the presence of God is invited. Mm -hmm. When we were there, uh, first of all, I think we were surprised that we could so easily be there. And we, and we, you know, we, we do everything in proper order. Let's tell them what it was, Cindy. Well, we, right. So we have the, uh, the Texas Prayer Task Force, which is the National Day of Prayer leadership gathering. Those who are leaders of prayer in their cities around the state come in and we did an equipping conference and we did that at the Legislative Conference Center, which is in the Capitol Extension, a beautiful Mm -hmm. building. And, um, I thought that you were just I was concerned that you were going to kill yourself, literally, because you took on the food and the drink, you and Karen Walker. and Literally, we were a hotel on wheels. <laughs> right. In a trailer. <laughs> a trailer. Oh, my gosh. It's just amazing, the logistical challenges. And you all did such a beautiful job. And we had some 
fabulous uh, participation from key prayer leaders. Don Bornsheen, who is the vice chair of National Day of Prayer, came mm-hmm. in uh, specifically upon your uh, your request because he loves you so. There are very few people that will tell Evelyn Davison no if she calls him and asks. And so he came in, and so it was an awesome time, but some of the awesomeness of it was the freedom of it. Oh, it was exciting. You know, we had free free worship in, in terms of, and I think people were at first were a little nervous about mm-hmm. that because it was, it was. Well, it was uncomfortable. That's right. But then we had also people from all around the Capitol Complex who are, who are people of prayer and faith yeah. uh, taking us prayer walking into places. And welcoming, oh, and the DPS coming in and requesting prayer, the uh, janitorial staff coming in mm-hmm. and wanting to just to be there to just to soak in mm-hmm. and to be in the presence of God. It was, it it was a historic moment for me. Well, it was for me too, and it started when we entered. You know, it was raining. It was not really a good day, and uh, we started. Uh, you know, it, just trying to get all the logistics done. And, of course, when I went in, I had on my Texas big medallion thing. And it is not. Your headlight? Yes. <laughs> and it is with a, a hook of horns. And, of course, it sets off every bell in security. Every bell went off. And so the guy pulled me over and uh, pulled me, you know, to a side. And uh, I said, it's my jewelry. And uh, he he looked at me and he said, "That's that's a nice purse you got too." And I said, "Yes, sir, it is a nice purse." And he said, uh, "Have you got a bunch of money in it?" I said, "No, sir." Uh, so we started a conversation, and then I said to him, "I said, you know what? We are here today to pray for you." And the the guy just his eyes rolled back. It was a shock to him. I said, I, "We're not here to." you know, protest or do anything. We are here today to pray for you. And it was like, and we had a real conversation about it. I mean, he really, and I gave him a good news journal, he really was shocked, absolutely shocked that I said that. And so after he got through searching me and, you know, he said I was okay, uh, I, you know, said we're going to be praying for it. And by the way, you'd be a good boy today and make your grandma proud. Well, it just lighted up his whole life. Well, then later, I mean, he that word, he went immediately over there and told the other guys. Because you go in the Capitol, there are about three stations you go through now. Mm-hmm. With so it was interesting that that ran through the Capitol on a Saturday morning, that they would understand that we love them and love their service enough that we would take time to come there to pray. But that was just one of the little things. It was so exciting to have the people who've never been to the Capitol, perhaps, come and know that this is a house God built, Cindy. Mm-hmm. A house you, God built. If we, if sometimes all it takes in life is to have a change of paradigm, yes. a change of perspective. You know, if we think that, you know, it's just our taxes or upon the backs of men that that building uh, was built, if it's just an icon to the times and to men, then you're right. It is just a waste. 
But when you look at how it has been preserved Mm -hmm. in terms of the sanctity of God in that place, to go and pray in the Senate chapel, to be invited into the rooms and explained the necessity of prayer for when policy is being made, how, how important it is, not just once the law is passed, to be in despair or disgruntled, but during the process of, of developing policy, the importance of prayer, and to have that explained, and not just explained, but to be have it requested. Yes. We had people from the Capitol, all, all walks of life, come in and say, we are the fruit of your prayers. Mm-hmm. Thank you for not abandoning us. To just government. Thank you for continuing to pray for us. We had one um, representative who it was his birthday, and his staff saw our balloons outside the door, our NDP balloons, and they said, "Oh, he would absolutely love to have those really? for his birthday." And so we blew him up a whole bouquet of National Day of Prayer balloons, and that was what they took to him for his birthday. Yeah, so there was just any number of things, the hearts of people, you know, we had those that came to participate said they came thinking one way and Mm -hmm. they came changed. With a changed heart. Their house, they realized what their house was. Cindy, you know, it is exciting to know that all that preparation is, is gearing us and reviving us to the point that we're going to move into that first week in May when we have a tremendous outpouring of prayer, and not only in this city, but in the state of Texas and across America. And basically, that is that is your heart, that is my heart, that we would become so focused on what it is God's called us to do that we would absolutely make that a priority of life, to connect with Him in a way that we can get directions for living every day, and for blessing, and for praising Him, to go out and be effective in our world or in our state to the to the extent that we can make a difference in the lives of all people. You're right about that. Evelyn, it's time for us to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about how is it that we can rely on perfection. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn, I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5 information with inspiration, reminding you we're streaming live at klgo.net, and you can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, as we were, we've, we've done these first few segments, how we needed to catch up and review, but really we've well, kinda, we're kind of... That is what life is, Cindy. <laughs> it's not coming in here on Saturday with uh, a script. We don't have a script. Really? No, we don't. <laughs> For Jesus anything. Does. Jesus does. I don't Jesus. even follow a recipe. Yeah, but we, yeah, we have a recipe. <laughs> but knowing that as he gives us the strength and the passion and the vision to get out in our world and make an impact for him, just like this radio station does. 
this station is consistent in presenting the perfection of Jesus Christ. And that's, we'll never be perfect. I certainly can't be. You know, my grammar's not good enough to be perfect, much less my lifestyle (laughs) uh, or my, you know, attitudes about things. But it is that we do uh, have a perfect bullseye that we want to shoot toward. Uh, And what we're going to talk about today is where is this perfection that we all desire? I'd love to be perfect. Where is it found, Cindy? Well, that's how do you live it? Oh no! Well, you just made me tired. Even how do you live it? Love to be perfect. How do you transmit it? Right. Well, transfer it. Right. Well, so let's let's delve into that because I went out on on our break saying, you know, how is it we rely on perfection? Well, how many of us in our younger years, you know, looked at our parents and said, well, I'll never do that. I'll never live like that. I'll never have a marriage like that. I won't raise children like that. I'm going to do so much better than that. You know, that was a form of perfectionism in ourselves, this, uh, kind of this, uh, this idea that we can so much see in others what needs to be fixed when they themselves cannot. But, boy, we're not going to go down that path. Mm-hmm. And so there is, there's a false perfectionism that runs through us all. It has always risen itself up against God, who alone is the only perfect one. Yeah, because Jesus calls that the boulder in your eye. Yeah. Yeah. The boulder in your eye. That that plank. Uh You know, you can, you know, you can see the speck in someone else's eye, but can you see the plank in your own. And so by no means when we're talking about perfection are we talking about somehow you and I are going to strive alone or we're going to strive even together as a group Mm -hmm. or a people group and we're going to finally get it right. I mean, the Tower of Babel, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever we want to look to. But there is a doctrine of perfectionism that runs through the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Make no mistake about it. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have a perfect plan right. that is being fulfilled from the beginning of time to the end of time. And that perfection of doctrine is basically this. God cannot abide sin. God is a perfect and just God. Heaven is a perfect place that upon in which there is no place for sin. Therefore, when imperfect people seek to enter heaven on their own and sin cannot abide there, then where were we all going to be after death? We were all destined to live apart from God, separated from God, in the fiery pit of hell, mainly in this concept of being separated from God. Don't get tripped up on the physicality. You know, we're not. I'm not Randy Alcorn. I'm not going to go down the road of the yeah. physical nature of heaven or the physical place of hell. Of course, there's good doctrine on that, and 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 it, it's well written. And Randy does a fabulous job at that. But remembering who you and I are, we're setting up like we always do. Is what is your paradigm? What is your perspective? So there was one way to heaven in the doctrine of perfection, and it was that God had a plan 
in order to make us all right and reconciled to him through what? Through the perfect sacrifice. Absolutely. And through the perfect plan, the perfect fulfillment of the plan of God. Through whom? The perfect one. Christ Jesus. So when we talk about relying on perfection, it isn't the reliance on that you and I even finally through the study of the word or through sanctification or through restoration or redemption that we're going to get perfected. It is through Christ alone who came to die for us to fulfill the perfect plan of God the Father who then says, I'm sending to you one who will guide you into what? All truth truth. and wisdom. And then John 15 setting up where Christ says, I will come to do it. I will come to abide Mm -hmm. for those who love me. I will come and abide with you. And through the abiding presence of God, then we are able to rely on his perfection, not only for in the doctrine of, of perfection for heaven into getting into heaven, but in reliance upon him that his presence would be made known and manifested through the abiding presence of God in our lives, that the world would be able to see something mm-hmm. other than the good ideas of mankind, the God ideas. The God-made identity of each of us lived out and found through Christ's abiding grace. That is so true, Cindy. And Paul gives us a perfect example of that in Romans 12. Paul says that we are to present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Not H-O-L-Y, but with all of our heart to him. Because our holiness or our sanctification or our perfection only comes through two things. The very presence of Christ himself and the presence of the Holy Spirit spoken through the word. It comes through the presence of God himself speaking and leading and guiding us as we listen, as we learn, as we show forth in our own lives the reality of the power of God's love. Because the scripture says, it is by grace you're saved. And that means it's a gift. Grace is something that you can't manufacture. It comes only as a gift. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't steal it. There's no way you can get it other than it wrapped up in a beautiful box given with a crimson thread or the crimson ribbon of Jesus' life wrapped around it. So when we talk about perfection, that doesn't mean that I'm any better than anybody else. It doesn't mean that Cindy's better than anybody else. It just means that we are focused on what it is that God has called us to do and equipped us to do and empowered us to do through the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Well, you you got that right about not being perfect because, you know, every step begins. The step of sanctification begins with confession. Yes. Acknowledgement, belief, and confession. Confession that I'm a sinner. And we wake up every day knowing 
the truth of that. As a matter of fact, Evelyn, when Christ comes to speak in um, Matthew 5, when he comes to lay out the Beatitudes, yes. sometimes people, I think we get so tripped up on religious terminology that we're, you know, we're always in some kind of halfway state of, well, that was for them, and that was for them, and how does that, re- how does that relate to me? But, but the truth of it is this, is that in the, in the, those eight Beatitudes are called the paradoxes of Christ. They come to turn the systems of man right. upside down. He comes to say, here's perfection, meekness, mm-hmm. poor in spirit, mm-hmm. gentleness, peace. He's not, perfection is not defined by the systems of man. As a matter of fact, in some of that, he was coming to say, I'm coming to revolutionize these systems of man. I'm coming to turn them upside down. We saw him in the temple turn the tables of the money changers over and said, you den of thieves and robbers, you've you've made my, you know, this was supposed to be a house of prayer. And, And this was because people, because those who thought they knew better, we're adding on things onto the essential right. nature of the truth of who Christ is and the truth of who God is, the truth of the gospel being revealed through the incarnate life of Christ Jesus at that time. But he was coming to say, you've added all of this on and my people can't get to me. I just want them to come to me. Quit. Mm-hmm. Like quit. A child. Yeah, quit. Adding on to the gospel. <laughs> and quit I'm raising perfect. the barrier. That's right. I'm perfect, Cindy. That's what Jesus says. I am perfect. And if you follow me, then you will reach that level of knowing what it really means to have the joyful life. He did say one time, I didn't come to do all these other things. I came that your joy that you might have joy and it might be full. And we don't understand what real joy is sometimes as we live under the hardship of life. It's, we, we really equate joy with happiness, and it's totally two different things. But the thing is that we have to stop and remember is with each generation from the time of Adam and Eve through Abraham and Sarah through King David, through the prophets and the priests, God walked with those, each one of them, to teach this lesson that we're talking about today. I am the perfect one. He told Ezekiel one day when Ezekiel was so mad, and we've talked about this before. Ezekiel was a priest, uh, was a prophet, and God had called him to wake up the people. And they weren't waking up. They were just sleeping away, just sleeping away doing their little jobs, doing it like they were told by the priests. You know, keep it perfect. This, if, you, if you don't have any soda, baking soda in your house, you'll be okay. And really, and when Ezekiel, God spoke to Ezekiel, he said, Ezekiel, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. But listen, it will not always be this way because there's going to come a day that I'm going to take out their cold, stony hearts and put in a brand new heart. And that brand new heart is the perfection of Jesus Christ. So if we have a goal to be like Jesus, then we are absolutely the perfect example then of a life that can be committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's not that we will be become perfect, but if we've got a goal 
toward excellence and living in a way that people can look at Cindy and say, you know, that is a Christian. That is a Jesus follower. That is a Christ believer. Those are the things that make a difference in our lives as we live every day. And people are watching and they're questioning and they're looking for those answers. And Cindy, they see it in us because we are love on parade. And that's what John said. Jesus is love. God is love. He's all these other things. So the best example, the best visible evidence that we are Christians, Jesus followers, is that we love the brethren, regardless of whether they're perfect or not. And that's hard to do. It might not be hard for you, but it's sure hard for me. Oh, no, it's not hard for me. And and not not only that, I don't have a big head. And I don't get ahead of God. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about it, whether we got a big head or not, right after this. Good morning, I am Cindy Vonna. Love talking in the beautiful blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 99.3 and 98.5, Information with Inspiration. We are streaming live at klgo.net. You can catch up with Evelyn and I on lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, as we went out, we were talking about, oh, my gosh, I, I don't know. Having what, a big what head. What were we talking about? Well, having a big head. <laughs> you know, that's what you said, having a big head. Uh, Sometimes people look at uh, Christian leaders as uh, as an icon that they think they're better than anybody else, and it's condescending the way they talk, um, and that's what we call the big head, uh, where we really need a big I heart. I thought you were referring to my Texas hair. No. Well, honey, I don't have any hair. I have 13 <laughs> hairs. I start and stretch them every morning. No, a big heart is what it is that Jesus blesses, and it is the heart. As I said, Ezekiel, God told Ezekiel, starts with the heart. You know, the mind of Christ, and we're going to t- we're going to work on that coming up in the next few weeks. Is the mind of Christ, Cindy? Perfect and- mind. We're going to do perfect mind. We're going to do perfect time. Mm-hmm. Uh, under this under this whole uh, series of of the perfect one. Right. So you're right. I think that you know. Because you always just scare the life out of me when you start talking about, you know, when people look at you on display. Because I'm like, I'm like, I just, you know, for me, uh, it's hard. And you shared this with me before. Your greatest fear is that you'll embarrass, embarrass God. Jesus. Yeah. Yes, that you is know, my greatest fear and, of life. And that it's is not I'd lose my faith. Uh-huh. It's that I would do something that would embarrass or bring ill repute. Yes. Or, you know, something upon the name of And Christ. I think that I live every day knowing full well 
that there is such a little tiny bit of Jesus in me. Do you know what I mean? Not that he's withholding or he wouldn't mm-hmm. desire to live big in me, but I'm like everyone else. I'm titrating that. Do you know what I mean? How, how, you know, how much of my life if I'm really giving over to God, willing to, to provide to him, willing to be open, you know, and, and I live just like everyone else and, you know, in those moments where God makes sure that I'm, Humbled before mm-hmm. him, because what is the first one of those eight paradoxes that he comes to talk about? Mm-hmm. He comes to say the big head's going to do nothing for you. It may keep you from entering heaven. There's there's the story in the word that talks about the the priest, you know, who comes and says, "I did this, mm-hmm. this, this, and this," versus the robber who had nothing to commend themselves, but the this, this, and this, he thought would get him into heaven. Mm -hmm. Well, nothing gets us into heaven except Christ Jesus. But yes, are we to continue to lay down those big aspirations of who we might become? Yes, we are, in order that we would be a Christ follower. That is true, Cindy, not only for us individually, but it is true for America. That's why Second Chronicles 7.14 is imperative in the life of every citizen in this nation. When it says, when God spoke after Solomon built the temple for the glory of God, for the whole nation, and as the people came together, God laid down this promise and this principle. And this is what he said. It's the if you, then I will. If you will, then I will, is the, is the promise and the principle. And he says, if my people, if Evelyn Davison, who is called by my name, who has taken on the name of Jesus, mm. will, what's the first thing I have to do? Humble myself. Humble myself. So that is the prescription. That is the description of a person that, is really true a Christ follower, a Jesus follower. And the other thing, Cindy, is that as we think about our lives on a daily basis, we do represent God. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are that bullseye the enemy has against us. But even more than that, and these are things that we don't understand completely, is that wherever we are, God is there. Now, we're not God. But the scripture says that our body becomes the temple of God's Holy Spirit. And, and you know, one of the things that kind of bothers me sometimes is, you know, when we're praying and, and people will pray that God will show up. You know, God will show up. He's always up, Cindy. Mm. Uh, and I know what they mean when they say that. We want God to manifest himself in a way that people will understand it, experience it, and knowing it. But. It's really one of those churchies things that we say that people have no concept whatsoever of. And it's really not good to do that. It's a weakness in us to say that. Not lack of belief, but just weakness. God is with us. The scripture tells us that. And wherever you are, Cindy, he's there. And he not only is guiding you and imparting his wisdom and truth to you, but he is transmitting that out just like he does here on Love Talk. Well, that's why we went through the principles of uh, the this this series that we're in 
of Jesus the Messiah, the promised one, Jesus Emmanuel, the present one, where it says he will inhabit his people, and Jesus Alpha Omega, the perfect one, we are perfected in his love, and that's where you and I are headed. When you were talking about for us to be on display or to be seen Mm -hmm. as a Jesus, it is really that love is made manifest in our life. It isn't just the outer trappings of God's manifestation. And so it is God's principles at work in our life. And you wrote this. This is where you said law is what people do. That's our work. But love is who people are, and that's grace. Mm -hmm. And it is that we are a Jesus follower plus, plus courage to equal a force that can change the world. Yes. A force whereby change the world, that's not up to us, but through Christ living in us, mm-hmm. that it would be a, a palpable, recognizable force that then a world has to come to reckon with mm-hmm. as a change. That's so true, Cindy. And, you know, it is, it, it is a simple plan of God's love. And it's that ABC plan we talk about a lot. A is you acknowledge that you need him. You'll never be perfect on your own. You need Jesus. B is you believe that he is the perfect one. He came and died for you, paid for your sins. And C is that you commit your life to him. Just ask him to come in and take control of your life and begin to live his life in you. Because the the scripture says he will come in. If we invite him in. And Cindy, that's what we would close with today. We just pray that wherever you are right now, that you would come to realize you'll never be perfect. But Jesus is perfect and you need him. And he loves you. We pray that you'll have a wonderful week and that uh, you'll join us again next week for Love Talk on the Word.